When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulders. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. The Fountain of Truth about aging. And today we're going to focus on a truth that many of us do not want to face when it comes to aging. And that is what happens to the aging mind. Now, we have always been the cheerleaders for successful aging, explaining that the brain is plastic, that we can always learn, that we can always contribute. But if anybody is asked what they fear most about aging, they will probably say they're concerned about their mental functioning. And the word they're really thinking about is Alzheimer's. Well, you can find out a lot more about where you are and your status because the American um, Foundation, Alzheimer's Foundation, is here to give you a very non-invasive way of seeing where you really are when it comes to your memory. And uh, we have Chris Schneider with us today. He's the AFA Director of Communications. Uh, and it's not, it's not an easy thing to do, even though what you're doing, Chris, is free, is non-invasive, is fast, and for some people it might even be fun. I think there's another F word, and that's the word fear. So tell us a little bit about what the AFA is doing to help people get a bead on where they actually are when it comes to their memory, their mental functioning. Tell us about this this program that they can participate in. The Alzheimer's Foundation of America has a free virtual memory screening program. And what it is, just as you mentioned, it's it's a series of questions. It's non-invasive. It just takes a couple of minutes. And what it is is it's done one-on-one with a trained professional. And the professional will ask you a series of questions designed to test your memory, your thinking skills, memory recall, things like that. And at the end of the uh, at the end of the screening, you get a score. And if you're above the baseline, terrific. Come back again in a year. If you're below the baseline, then the professional would recommend that you go see your physician for a more comprehensive evaluation. It doesn't diagnose any one particular condition, but it can tell you, again, whether you should go see a doctor. And it gives you a a way to track your brain and your brain health over a period of time. So even if you're not experiencing memory memory loss symptoms, we would encourage you to get a screening. And the way you can get a screening is by calling our office, 866-232-8484, or go online to our website, which is www.alzfdn.org, request an appointment, and we'll get you screened. So that's that's a wonderful gift that you're giving everybody. So we're talking about the Alzheimer's Foundation of America uh, initiative to get people uh, a baseline, we'll call it, about where they are now, and this will be a, a beginning for you to see if you're doing well. Now, now, let me ask you a question, and that's age. When we spoke a little bit earlier, you did mention how important this is for seniors. But is there an age limit on this? Is there a time that people should say, well, you know, I'm, I'm too young to even try to look at this? What's your feeling about this? What's, what's the AFA's position on that? We've screened people as young as 18 all the way up to in their 90s. So there's no minimum age for this. It's never too early to start being proactive. And the way we look at this is every year you go to a doctor and there's different screenings that we get. We get blood pressure checks. We get cholesterol checks. There's screenings for men. There's screenings for women. 
but it's just as important to get a checkup from the neck up as well. And that's what this is all about. It's all about being uh, proactive about your brain health, monitoring your brain health, and just having a baseline. And also, if you're experiencing symptoms, it's important to know that you know what the underlying cause of it is because you know one of the misconceptions about memory loss is that everything related to memory loss is caused by alzheimer's or dementia related illness that's not true there are things like vitamin deficiencies thyroid conditions um depression sleep apnea all of those can cause dementia symptoms but they're all treatable, if not curable, but you can't address it if you don't know what it is and, what, and what's causing the memory loss. And even if it is something like Alzheimer's disease or another dementia, you know, early detection allows you to start medication sooner that can help slow the progression of the symptoms. It gives you a greater opportunity to enroll in a clinical trial. It allows you to start taking advantage of different therapeutic programming, which can help you. It, it allows you to get your affairs in orders. So you mentioned earlier people may be afraid, uh, but there's nothing to be afraid of with this. And, and, again, that's why we're encouraging everybody to do it, especially seniors during Older Americans Month, because uh, one of the things with dementia is that age uh, age in and of itself is a risk factor of dementia. The risk of dementia doubles roughly every five years over the age of 65, according to the CDC. So that's why we're reinforcing it now, and we want people to be proactive and get that memory screening. And again, you can do it by calling our office at 866-232-8484 or visiting our website at alzfdn.org. And of course, everybody knows that this will be on our website, adrianberg.com, and we will have the phone number and we will have the uh, URL for you to go to. And I want to make two points from what Chris has just said to us. First of all, not every memory loss has to do with dementia, but if you don't get the kind that's treatable earlier, it's like any other problem. It gets worse and harder to treat. So uh, we're going to talk for a moment about a urinary tract disease, which you're going to think, ugh, there she goes again. But this is the fountain of truth about aging, and it happens to be very frequently misdiagnosed and missed, and many people do uh, confuse it with dementia, and it's not, and it's treatable. So we'll talk about that in a moment. But the second thing I want to bring out from what Chris is saying is that Alzheimer is one of the things that we call a disease of aging. There are many others, and that means your immune system, your cell health, uh, the ability to exercise, the way your genes are expressed, all contribute to the potential of you getting Alzheimer's. So take good care of yourself. I'm not saying that good behavioral health will prevent Alzheimer's, but I am saying that it might. So why not make sure that you do your own self-care as well? And we'll talk about the uh, AFA and its involvement in helping people take care of their brain health. So so let's go to the urinary tract uh, infection. I do want to get that out before the end of our segment. That is one of the things on your list, uh, Chris, that is like vitamin D deficiencies and other kinds of things that can give you that brain cloud, and you might never treat it. Just explain that a bit so people are aware that it is an issue as we age. Yeah, you're, a UTI is definitely a, a potential cause of a memory problem, um, as are different medication side effects, as stress could be, as depression could be. And again, all of those are 
readily treatable and if not curable, but you don't know, you won't be able to do that if you don't un find the underlying cause for what your memory problems are. So that's why, again, it's important that you be proactive about your brain health, and especially if you are experiencing memory problems, don't don't be afraid. Don't say, oh, it'll go away. You know, get it checked out and find out what the cause is and and be proactive and do something about it. And that's exactly what this is all about. This is all about giving people a way to, to track this stuff. Right. It's a way of, ta of you taking control and of something that exactly. you think is not controllable by you. And it really is to a very large percent. So uh, you want 866-232-8484. You want ALZ fdn.org, Alzheimer's Foundation, uh, alzfdn.org. We'll be right back. We're going to be talking about a companion to memory loss and Alzheimer's, and that is the caregiving experience and what AFA has been doing to break through some of the, the big issues that can make the caregiver in more stress than the person being cared for. Don't you go anywhere. You may think that I'm full of it, that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, cause I am happy, and I freely admit, I'm inappropriate, for my age, da 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 da, da 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, cause I am happy, and I freely admit, I'm inappropriate, for my age. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. The Fountain of Truth about what? Well, the Fountain of Truth about aging. A little bit of housekeeping before we get back to our guest, who's the communications director at AFA, uh, Alzheimer's Foundation of America, Chris Schneider, uh, talking a lot more about how you can take control over something that you thought you could have no say in whatsoever, and that is your memory and the future of your mental health. Uh, but a little bit of bookkeeping is that we're doing another big webcast, and that is taking place on May 7th, May 7th. And you all know you can go to adrianberg.com to get your complimentary ticket. Uh, last time we had 1,000 attendees, 1,000 attendees, and we were discussing exercise. Today, are you ready for this one, folks? We're talking about something called the dog project. Yes, you heard me right. There are uh, incredible geroscientists looking at dogs and their longevity and how to increase their longevity in your pet and what they are learning about you because this is one of the biggest mammals ever, ever, under the microscope, so to speak, when it comes to longevity and what you can do to live longer. Now, uh, if you care about your pet at all, if you care about your own longevity, just go to Adrian Berg, A-D-R-I-A-N-E-B-E-R-G.com. Let me know, and I will get you your uh, invitation to the Dog Project, which is on May 7th. If you can't make it, we will send you a recording. So you definitely want to let me know that you're interested in this. Okay, now let's get back to our guests and, and the big issue. First of all, Chris, I do know that the most important thing you want everyone to know, uh, because it's Older Americans Month and so on, um, is that they can take a... Uh, uh, an assessment of their memory health, and they can do it for free in a couple of minutes and non-invasively. And I'm going to give out that uh, how you can do that. You simply make a phone call, 
It's 866-232-8484. Or you can just go on our website, alzfdn.org, abbreviations for Alzheimer's and Foundation, alzfdn.org. But I want to ask a couple of questions, uh, Chris, as I said, about the foundation. What I asked is, how old is it? Because even Alzheimer's as a named disease is not as old as uh, we think about heart conditions, cancers, uh, other diseases of aging. This is a relatively new one, and you got kind of to the party pretty fast. So give us a little bit of the history. AFA was founded in 2002 by a former family caregiver whose name is Bert Brodsky, and his mother, Anne, lived with Alzheimer's disease from 1980 to 1992. And at the time, he really felt like he and his family were alone. Aside from talking to his mother's physician, there was no place to turn. There were no support groups. There were no helplines. There were no programs. There were no activities. None of that stuff really existed. So he founded AFA to be a place that families could turn to if Alzheimer's enters their life so that they never have to deal with it alone. And we've been doing that since our inception, and you know we've expanded tremendously in, in nearly 20 years. We offer a helpline, which is available seven days a week, staffed entirely by licensed social workers. We have telephone-based support groups. We have, as you mentioned before, a memory screening initiative. We have therapeutic programs. We have online resources. We do educational conferences. We never stop, and the reason for that is the disease never stops, and the disease is growing, unfortunately. Right now, there's about 5.8 million Americans living with Alzheimer's, the CDC projects that number to nearly triple by 2060. So the need is growing, uh, and we're going to grow to meet the need because these services are essential for families dealing with Alzheimer's. So I want everybody to know who's listening, if they have no Alzheimer's in their family, if it's not something they're thinking about, I want to tell you how Alzheimer's affects you. Even if you and no one in your family ever contract the disease, Number one, the average person who is the caregiver, the family caregiver, is a woman age 46. That means that she is probably being taken out of the workforce. That means that as employers, you have a responsibility to take a look at this. Uh, It's very important to your workforce. It's really an HR issue when you come to that. It's a woman's issue because still today, uh, it generally devolves upon the female in the family, usually the oldest daughter, just like the traditional family that we say doesn't exist anymore. With this, it's very, very traditional. It is also a woman's issue. But I'll tell you something else, folks, and Chris will nod his head. It's a taxpayer's issue. Uh, When this foundation, and Chris said uh, the the mom involved here that that motivated the foundation uh, founder, lived for eight years from what you just said, Chris. Well, today you can live from 8 to 20 years with Alzheimer's. And the fact is, it's very expensive. And the caregiving is very expensive. That's why the AFA is so critical. Now, if you take a look at our gross national product, you're going to see that we spend more on health care, 18%, than any other country in the world. But although we live longer, we live with so many comorbidities the major one being Alzheimer's. And I can tell you, folks, because you've had NIA um, uh, doctors and researchers on this show, that most of the National Institute on Aging money doesn't go to cancer, doesn't go to heart disease, it goes to Alzheimer's. 
it's an expensive disease. So let's go back to that. What's the trend? Well, because it's growing so much, what are the breakthroughs? Even in the care, forget about the disease, just in the ability to give care that you're learning uh, and the modalities that you may, may be researching for people with memory care issues. I would say one positive trend, because we always like to be positive, one positive trend is that over the last decade, the federal government's commitment to Alzheimer's disease research toward finding a cure or a disease-modifying treatment has increased significantly. It's gone from a little under $500 million a year right around 2012 to more than three point. Uh, I believe it's 3.1 billion in fiscal year 2021, and and it's a bipartisan issue. It's it's one of the things that Republicans and Democrats have really worked together on and made progress. Um, you know, both under a, a Democrat and Republican controlled Congress and a Democrat and Republican controlled White House during that last decade. So the needle has been moving on that, which is really significant. But we need to keep doing more because we're not at the finish line yet. I would say. One of the other things that really has changed over the last year because of COVID is that many of the support services that are so critical for families affected by Alzheimer's disease that they depend on really got shuttered because of the pandemic. So things like respite care or an adult daycare center where a caregiver could bring a loved one with Alzheimer's disease to go for a few hours so they could take a break and then have their loved one you know, engage in different activity programming, art, music, dance, exercise, things like that, socialization. Those all were either closed or severely limited because of COVID to protect public health, which is understandable because you want to keep people safe, but at the same time, it negatively impacted them. So one of the things that we did as a foundation is we shifted everything virtual. So we started doing daily virtual therapeutic programs through our Facebook page and now through our website so that people could take advantage of these different services even from home without having to leave. So things like a music class, uh, an art class, dance, yoga, exercise, um, virtual tours so you could visit different places without leaving home. These are all different types of services that we as a foundation have tried to provide so that people could still uh, take advantage of them from the comfort and safety of their own home during the pandemic. And that that really is a, a tremendous need that we were able to meet, which we're really happy about. So, I mean, I'm thrilled that you were able to spin on a pin. It's only a large uh, organization so focused as yours that really could do that. Uh, and before we leave, I, I do want to have one other piece of bookkeeping. Uh, I'm involved with the United Nations uh, NGO Committee on Aging. And the digital divide is one of the big problems. What the AFA has been able to do to, de- to deliver virtual help works when you have a computer and when you have the infrastructure to receive it. There's a lot of places all over the world that don't, including in the United States. So listen to Chris's words and see how important being able to have access to um, really what we call age tech is. And if you have an issue with that, let me know. Uh, If your uh, assisted living community is having an issue with their own infrastructure, we want to hear about that because we're doing a major report for the United Nations on that. 
and you just let me know at adrianberg, A-D-R-I-A-N-E-B-E-R-G.com. Don't you go anywhere. We're going to be right back, and we're going to talk a little bit about symptomology, what you should be looking for in a loved one to see if they do need some assistance. Don't you go anywhere. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth, the Fountain of Truth about Aging. And we're here today with Chris Schneider. He's the um, Alzheimer's Foundation of America Communications Director, and he does a great job communicating the fact that they are offering a free memory screening during Older Americans Month, which happens to be the month of May. Uh, So, Chris, before we talk about what we might look for in symptoms, of a loved one, and we'll put we'll set the stage for that in a minute. Just give us the URL and the phone number people should call if they're interested in taking this free, non-invasive, one-on-one, and private and private uh, memory screening. They should call our office at eight six six two three two eight four eight four. Or they can go to our website, which is www.alzfdn.org, and they can submit an appointment request, and we'll get them screened as quick as we can. And again, like you said, it's totally free. And totally private. I think people want to be sure that their information is not being used. It's always a a big point in in today's day and age. Uh, But I want to talk about a little something else. Recently, Academy Award winner, Anthony Hopkins for his work as the lead actor in The Father may have raised some consciousness about Alzheimer's. Now, they don't use the word Alzheimer's, Chris, uh, but what they show is a mental decline. And uh, I'm not so sure, and we don't have to discuss this right now because we're not film critics, that their dramaturge was so accurate about the mental decline for Alzheimer's because it shows a lot of psychosis of people that aren't there, uh, not just memory loss, forgetfulness, but time dissociation, a lot of symptoms. But I think it's indicative of the fact that loved ones, family members, really don't always see a decline in memory capacity or a tract that might mean dementia and Alzheimer's. First of all, they don't want to see it. They like to close their eyes to those things. Second of all, they may not see their older adult loved one except maybe during holiday seasons, you know, once in a while. So it's hard. That's why it's so important to have a baseline for yourself as being offered by the AFA. But if you are a family member, uh, you know, sometimes you might say, ah, mom seems a little off. What could you really look for? What does the AFA suggest you look for uh, in an older adult so that you can monitor them a little bit without frightening them and being invasive in their privacy? So there are some common warning signs of dementia. 
you know, dementia, if it isn't, uh, if it is a dementia related illness, it can affect people differently. Not everybody experiences it the same way, but there are some common warning signs. I would say just, just before I get into those, one of the biggest misconceptions about Alzheimer's disease and dementia is that it is a normal part of aging. Uh, it's not. It's a specific disorder, um, and there is a difference between normal uh, age-related memory loss and Alzheimer's and or, or other dementia. So just to give you a, a couple examples. So every now and then, we forget where we park our car, or we're going to the store and, you know, forgot what we were supposed to buy while we were there. You know, that's, that's totally normal. Um, if it's persistent and it's frequent and it really impacts your ability to function in daily life, that's a dementia warning sign. And that's something that you would want to go to a physician and, and get checked out or get a memory screening through, through our foundation, as you mentioned earlier, that we're having our memory screening programs. A another different warning sign is, you know, every now and then, you know, you forget where you put your keys. Uh, that's totally normal. If you're forgetting where you put your keys because you place them somewhere where they have no business being, like inside the oven or in the freezer, again, that could be something that you want to get checked out. So, you know, it, again, it, one of the biggest things is just really things that impact your ability uh, to carry out your daily life and, uh, and and basic functions. Those are things that you want to get checked out. You know, Chris just said the most important phrase in senior health, and it's never discussed. What he said was, Alzheimer's is not a normal part of aging. Well, cancer is not. Uh, falling is not. Uh, failure to be able to be mobile and do the things you used to do is not normal parts of aging. But it is what we think of when we think of aging. So that's very dangerous. First of all, it causes ageism because there's the, the idea that older adults are just lame and obsolete and sick all the time. And it also causes another problem, which is that the commercial folks, the ones that make products, think of us as patients. So the only thing that they sell us is diuretics, and, that's, and we're not just patients. But it also means that we accept as older adults a lot of diminishment of our health that we shouldn't accept. So we might say, oh, it's just a senior moment, and maybe it is just a senior moment. But maybe we shouldn't just accept that and think it's all a normal part of aging. Take this little memory test and see where you're at, and then use it as a baseline for yourself year after year. And that's really what the AFA would like you to do as your gift to yourself during the Older Americans Month of May. Uh, and here, by the way, Chris, you know, we're, I'm the executive director of the Catalyst Institute, and what that does is it looks at the hallmarks of aging, like cell um, uh, strength and like the way our genes express themselves and our immune system, which we talked about a million times during COVID, and we see how we can strengthen them through geroscience and our own behavior. So let's talk about that for a couple of minutes. Alzheimer's. We know there is no pill. We know that there is no cure. We do know there are new ways of delaying some of the symptoms. But is there something in our own behavioral health? I hear about exercise. We did a webcast on exercise uh, that we take care of ourselves that will prevent or sharpen or delay. What is the AFA looking at in terms of our own behaviors in our health, whether it's nutrition? I really don't know the answer to this. So you pick it up as to what, what is a perfect way to try to maintain our mental health, not just look good. Lifestyle choices do make a difference. 
Um, like you said, there's no there's no magic thing to prevent it, but lifestyle choices can help reduce the risk. So a a good general rule of thumb is if it's healthy for your heart, it's healthy for your brain as well. So you know, a good diet, a diet rich in, in fruits and vegetables and low in, in saturated fats, things like that, um, avoiding smoking, limiting alcohol intake, exercise, those are all things that benefit your heart, but they benefit your brain as well. And then other steps you can take too is keeping your brain active. You know, you, you exercise your brain just as you would the rest of your body. Learn a new skill. Um, learn, you know, something like a foreign language or learn a new sport. Socialization is critically important as well. Maintaining that social activity uh, stimulates your brain as well. So these are all things that people can do regardless of any ability level, uh, any age, any ability level. There's always something you can do to reduce your risk of developing a dementia-related illness. Um, and if people want more information about that, they can go to our website, alzfdn.org. We have 10 Steps for Healthy Aging, which talks a little bit more about some of the things I was just mentioning. You know, we invite everybody to check it out because, again, it's important to be proactive, and that's what this is all about. It certainly is, and as a very, very famous neurologist once said to me, if you want to make your brain strong, do something every day that you do badly. Because it takes you out of your comfort zone and makes you think and makes you use your mind in a way that you're not used to. Uh, if you're great at crossword puzzles, just doing crossword puzzles is not enough. If you're lousy at it, that really will increase the pathways of your brain because the brain is plastic. When we come back, I want to tackle a, uh, uh, an issue with Chris that is rarely discussed. And that is how do we get younger adults to pay attention to this? I often hear, oh, I care a lot about Alzheimer's because I had that in my family. But what if you don't? Don't you go anywhere. There's things that you can teach your kids and your grandkids that will be very important in our next segment. We'll be right back. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy and I freely admit I'm inappropriate. For my age, da 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 da, da 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit, cause I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age, da 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 da. And hello, 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 this is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. Uh, I want to do a little bookkeeping here, or housekeeping, I should say. Uh, it, it Certainly, you already know, if you've been listening, that the Alzheimer's Foundation of America is inviting you uh, to get a free memory screening. And, of course, their emphasis is on the senior citizens, but 18 and up, says Chris Schneider, my guest, who's the communications director of the AFA. How do you do it? 866-232-8484. And uh, ALZFDN.org, ALZFDN.org. Now, Chris, you have a tremendous amount of information for caregivers, for our own behavioral health, as you just mentioned. Is there another URL for the AFA that you'd like them to go to for general information, or is the one I just gave the right one for everything? ALZFDN.org is the home for everything. That's the place to go. Perfect. Okay, let's round up with one thing here. Uh, 
younger adults, um, in, in the Catalyst Institute, I'll tell you the truth, we get a lot of younger people because they're biohackers. They want to learn about their nutrition and their exercise for healthy longevity. But never once has any of this group that we cater to said, what can I do for my mental health? They're looking for their body, some of which is vanity, some of which is that they really know that exercise and nutrition prevents a lot of disease. How can we get the younger generation to think about uh, their mental health while at the moment they're they're strong, they're fast, and they're, they don't have memory issues? You know, it's like any other condition. You generally don't want to wait until there's a problem to start dealing with it. So if you look at something like heart disease, you don't change your diet. You don't wait till you have a heart attack, God forbid, until you start changing your diet. You start and exercising. You ideally want to do all that stuff beforehand so that you don't go down that road. Um, and it's the same thing with your brain health. You want to be as proactive as you can, as early as you can, to reduce your risk. And, again, some of the lifestyle choices we talked about before can all help do that. Good diet, exercise, um, staying socially active, cognitively stimulated, uh, avoiding smoking and alcohol. These are all things you can do. And we're all, and honestly, a lot of these were all taught as a young age anyway. I mean, when I was a kid, they always told you don't smoke. You know, So it's important early on, as early as you can, to make those lifestyle modifications to help you reduce your risk for dementia-related illness and a whole bunch of other health problems as well. You know, it's interesting, um, as I come to the end of our show today, Larry Steinman, who's um, with Stanford University, and he's a co-chair of our big conference, Metabesity Conference, uh, which will be free for you guys this year. It's in October, four days. I asked him, Larry, you know, you're, you're a big deal geroscientist. What do you say to people about longevity? And they said just what you said, Chris. He said, do what your mother told you to do. <laughs> Exactly right. So we all kind of know, uh, and we should. And this really does contribute to our mental health. Okay, uh, last time, I think that taking this screening is something that every single, look, there are 78 million baby boomers out there. I really don't know what would happen if they all went to the AFA for the screening, but I know that the AFA will try. So give us one more time the phone number and the URL. So the phone number is 866-232-8484, and the URL is www.alzfdn.org, and that's how you can book a free virtual memory screening appointment. Or if you want to learn more about uh, brain health and some of the different tips I talked about, the different resources available to caregivers, that's how you can connect with us. We'll be happy to help you out however we can. Well, that's wonderful. And for, for this, I have to tell you all, this is your conduit to everything you need to know about successful aging. But we're expanding to beat the band. So please go and connect with me on LinkedIn, connect with me on Twitter, go to our YouTube channel where you're going to find little uh, headliners, we call them, synopses of all of our podcasts, and, of course, go to adrianberg.com. And I'll say, as I every week say to all of you, and now that COVID is lifting a bit, Get out there, kids, and make it happen. I'm inappropriate.